take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. I'm glad you're joining me for our current series, Live with Grace and Ease. We're talking about what it would be like to live in a way that is totally relaxed and trusting and what seems to get in the way of us living that experience as a daily reality. Would you believe that in order to live a life of grace and ease, one of the most important things you could give up is (laughs) self-improvement? What if I told you that your quest for self-improvement could be keeping you stuck? How could that be? Well, that's what we're going to explore today. Self-improvement is a huge industry based on longing and discontent. We want to feel happier, healthier. We want more love, more abundance, more time, more creative fulfillment. In other words, we want to see a different set of results in our life. This is totally natural, and it is part of how we grow spiritually. But if we look a little deeper, we can see that this dissatisfaction is perpetual. There seems to be a constant feeling of incompleteness inside of us. And we're always seeking more and better trying to compensate for whatever seems to be missing. This feeling is endemic to the state of unconsciousness. In other words, the state of being fully identified with the personal self of everyday life and unaware of the deeper dimension of our being. We tend to be driven by craving, lack, and the hope of some future time when our desires will finally be fulfilled. But it never happens, at least not for long. When we come from this feeling of incompleteness, what we manifest often has unintended consequences as the pain side of the pleasure pain cycle comes back around. We're on a high for a while when we get what we want, and then we come back down, sometimes hard. So let's do something right now that will help you pull back the curtain on this feeling of incompleteness in a concrete way. Right now, wherever you are, whether you're sitting down somewhere with a cup of tea or out going for a walk or maybe in your car listening to this podcast, wherever you are, just check in with yourself. What's going on within you right now? I want you to particularly notice if there's any physical tension or holding that comes into your awareness or maybe a feeling of unease or nervousness somewhere in your body, either overt or subtle. Just notice whatever you notice. Have you ever been in a room 
when the hum of a background appliance like a refrigerator suddenly stopped. And when it stops, it's such a relief. Your shoulders go down and you also realize that you hadn't even noticed the noise until it stopped. When we tune into ourselves, very often we find the same thing, a low-grade tension somewhere within, like the hum of a refrigerator in the background that you don't notice until you bring your attention to it or somehow it stops. There's a nearly constant inward sense of pressure or low-grade tension in the background, which is a hallmark of the stress response, but we're so used to it that we're not really aware. And yet this vibrational state of tension is communicating itself to the universe 24-7 and generating our experience of reality. I remember when I first became aware of this state of tension within myself when I was in my 20s and I lived in New York City. I felt it during a bus ride across Manhattan and I realized I was living much of my life bracing myself against the next moment as if it were going to fling me off my center. And that was not far from the truth. When our sense of identity and self-worth are tied up in our circumstances and whether things seem to be going our way or not, we live in a constant state of precariousness and we're unconsciously afraid to let go of control. We're afraid of letting down our guard. In my breakthrough sessions, I notice that most people I talk to are living in a fight or flight response of the nervous system pretty much chronically. In other words, stress is the order of the day. And while there may not be a direct threat to the person's well-being in the form of immediate danger, the body is still acting as if it's under a physical threat. And this is primarily due to dysfunctional use of the mind. Negative self-talk is one example of that. And many people live with a tormentor in their head who's constantly finding fault with them or calling up painful memories, playing the same painful scenarios over and over again in a loop. And the body is stuck in a biochemical response to that mental emotional pattern. It's a form of insanity. That's when people come to me for a consultation often is when they realize they're stuck in some form of insanity and they want out. And those are just the people who are willing to admit that they want help. Billions of people are still deeply unconscious, and life for them is an uphill battle with the inevitable outcome of exhaustion and disease. The chronic stress response of the nervous system over the long term interferes with the harmonious flow of life force energy through the meridians, the subtle channels, and because the meridians are all connected to all the vital organs, over time the organs begin to break down and experience disease or dis-ease conditions. So it isn't surprising that it's estimated up to 90% of disease is stress-related. 90% of disease. Dis-ease. Dis-ease starts as that feeling of uneasiness that background hum or undercurrent of tension, which is the condition of being dominated by the mind. And being dominated by the mind is the opposite of being fully present and alive. Imagine living in a state of trust that all is well in life, truly knowing all is well. Trusting the power that's breathing you to provide for all your needs and simply relaxing into life. 
Have you ever felt that way? Can you remember a time, maybe when you were a child? Think of the innocence of a child falling asleep. You know how children sleep, totally surrendered, falling asleep no matter what's going on around them because they have no responsibilities. They just are. And we lose that sense of innocent, trusting relaxation when we're older. This is how I would define dis-ease. Disease is the condition of being totally identified with the egoic mind and cut off from the deeper dimension of our being beyond our thoughts, our body, and our life situation. And dis-ease on the spiritual level, because your spiritual being first and foremost manifests as disease on the physical level sooner or later. So many people are living in that state of uneasiness, on guard, ready to attack, defend, justify, complain, resist, and so on. And it's exhausting, isn't it? Somewhere along the way, you may have decided you've had enough of that. Maybe that's why you're listening today. When we first realize that we no longer want to live in a state of battle readiness, when we're tired of fighting, tired of struggling, tired of ourselves and the voice in our head, Well, first of all, that's a great place to be. It's a powerful place to be because it means we're open to change and awakening. When we first start to look for another way, our tendency is to want to improve ourselves. We may have heard somewhere about the law of attraction and realize that if we want to change our results, we have to change ourselves. This is already a higher level of awareness And this is true. So this is how the self-improvement quest often begins. If I can improve myself, make myself better somehow, I'll get the results I want. So let's say you want to attract your soulmate. A lot of people, when they decide they want to attract a relationship, go to work on the cosmetic aspect of themselves. They get in shape, improve their diet, join a dating app, and so on. And that's all good. It's part of setting your intention for what you want to create. But unless you're conscious of where you're coming from vibrationally, what you attract may have unintended consequences. Why do you want this relationship? What need is it filling? Are you coming from a consciousness of lack and neediness? Are you attached to finding this soulmate? Have you made it a condition that will make or break your future happiness? When we come from a space of needing something to improve our lives, to fill an emptiness, or to compensate for a perceived lack, we are in a consciousness of needing to add something to ourselves to make things better, to make us better. And this need comes from the ego, which is in a perpetual state of not enough. I need something more, something better, because this moment is not enough. What I am is somehow not enough. Even if what you're primarily focused on is your spiritual growth, the ego can and does find its way into the process. We call this the spiritual ego. It may glamorize enlightenment and see it as something to be achieved and always in the future. And along the way, it does everything possible to avoid the now, which is the only place enlightenment can be found. It strings you along to keep you seeking, but it has no intention of finding. That would mean its end. And it knows that. 
This is what I call being on the self-improvement quest. Self-improvement is a favorite tactic of the ego because it keeps you stuck in time, keeps you ruminating on the past to figure out what happened to you that made you the way you are. And then it keeps you running after the future for when you'll finally have it all figured out and be enlightened. The quest for self-improvement can keep you stuck in your personal drama and the stories you tell yourself about your life and what you had to overcome and why it's so hard to change. It can keep you in the doing mode rather than the being mode because it's looking for answers out there in someone else's eyes, in the next book, in the next healing trend, in the next workshop, in the next ayahuasca trip, and always sometime in the future. So would you believe that in order to live a life of grace and ease, one of the biggest things you could give up is self-improvement? I've got news for you. You cannot improve upon yourself. It's impossible. The real origin of the self-improvement movement, self-improvement movement, comes from wanting to manage that feeling of dis-ease, which is the manifestation of our disconnection from our essence. Think about it. What we hope to gain from self-improvement is a feeling of peace and a greater sense of completeness, which means that fundamentally we must feel uneasy and incomplete. We feel uneasy and incomplete when we have not yet accessed the radiance of our true nature. And in this state of disconnection from our source, we mistakenly look for completeness and fulfillment outside of ourselves. There's a sense that we're not enough, we're deficient or defective, and this is something that goes very deep. It is that sense of dis-ease, uneasiness, incompleteness that drives us to search for what's missing out there where it can't be found. So in that cycle of seeking and never finding, we just reinforce that inner emptiness. Self-improvement as a quest will never eliminate the uncertainty, the worry, the fear, the doubt, the anxiety that's always just under the surface because the ego's got you in a perpetual loop there. The ego is uncertainty, fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, stress, and all the negative feelings that we're seeking to free ourselves from. And the belief that you can add something to yourself or fix yourself is a false trail of breadcrumbs that leads right back to the ego, right? It's, uh, as Eckhart Tolle once said, it's the police chief who's looking for an arsonist when the arsonist is the chief of police. The ego cannot undo itself. Negative feelings may seem to temporarily disappear when life seems to be going your way and you're on a high for a while, but they've really just moved under the surface and will reemerge when circumstances shift again. If you've self-improved your way into better conditions, that's great, but unless you gain a higher level of consciousness in the process, you will still be hoping that those external improvements will compensate for inner feelings of unworthiness, uneasiness, and incompleteness. Now, you might well be asking, well, 
Claire, if I'm supposed to be giving up self-improvement, then why am I even listening to this podcast? Why should I ever take a workshop or enroll in a program if it doesn't ultimately help me feel better? Here's the thing. No program or workshop or teacher out there is the solution because you are your own solution. The program, for example, is how you access the solutions that are already within you. The access is blocked by your belief that you're defective. So what needs to be released here is the belief that there's something wrong with you in the first place. Because as long as you're operating from that belief at the subconscious level, you can take all the courses and read all the books and sit at the feet of as many spiritual teachers as you want. Nothing will change permanently for you. You may feel temporarily inspired because you got some new information, but information is everywhere and it's cheap. What you want is transformation. Transformation only occurs when you give up the belief that self-improvement is required because you are actually connected to your essence. And that's when you feel that sense of completeness. The truth is that we exist on multiple planes or dimensional levels. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. The human part, we could call your form, identity, and the spiritual truth of you, your essence identity. While we can make certain improvements to ourselves on the level of the form identity, on the cosmetic level of life, ultimately this isn't what matters, nor do any changes that we make on that level of form give us true satisfaction if they're not rooted in our essential nature, if we're not connected to that. The need for self-improvement implies a relationship with a small self that ultimately is a fiction of the mind. There's me and myself. That self we seek to improve doesn't really exist. I know that sounds like philosophy, because when it's the only self you know, those words mean nothing. But it's only when we're divided that we can have a relationship with ourself, that we can seek to improve that small self. And while, as I said, we can certainly make improvements at that level, the investment we make in what amounts to a change on the surface level of life does not yield a meaningful or sustainable return. Much better to invest in healing that, that inner split, that split in the self by realizing the presence that you are and letting go of the identification with a false self. It isn't that you can't enjoy your personality, your appearance, and all the trappings of life that go with that small self, but the word trappings should tell us something. It can be a trap, and it is a trap when we are unconscious of our being. The condition of being fully identified with the false self is the condition of suffering, and we misguidedly believe that if we can improve that false self, we can ease our suffering. But this cannot be. Ultimately, no amount of improving the small self can bring lasting fulfillment because we're looking in the wrong place. We already are everything we're looking for. The true self cannot be improved upon. The spiritual dimension of you 
is already whole and complete. Embrace this and then any self-improvement work you do is aimed at healing that split which is the belief that you are this small self, an isolated fragment in a hostile world. Then if you choose to enroll in a high quality program, work with a mentor, etc., it'll actually do you some good and it will and, and you'll transform because the essence of transformation really is letting go of resisting that which you already are, which is whole and complete. So you see the very quest to improve ourselves so that we can live a life of more grace and ease can be the very thing that keeps us from finding that grace and ease. It's not a matter of adding things to yourself, but rather simplifying and releasing the obstacles to just being that which you are. It's not a matter of fixing something that's broken, but simply releasing the illusions. It's because we think being ourselves can't possibly be enough that we wear ourselves out chasing after success and fulfillment. And this comes from our old paradigm, right? We talked about that this in an earlier episode. What if you don't need to struggle and suffer? What if that's an old idea based on a belief in sin and shame and punishment? What if we really are enough? What if we're not inherently flawed and sinful? but inherently divine. The secret to benefiting from any self-improvement work you do is to realize that you are already whole and complete and to use any worthy program, workshop, or coaching experience as an opportunity to draw attention to and release what is false in you rather than continuing the ego's quest to accumulate more information and strengthen its sense of self. When you release what is false and stop resisting that which you are, you become a magnet to abundance and opportunity. If you want more peace, more serenity, more love, more comfort, relief, rest, abundance, joy, freedom, bliss. Look no further. Everything that you were looking for out there is already in here. As close as your breath. You don't need to improve yourself to find it. You just need to know how to access it. Let go of the constant pressure to improve yourself. And instead, relax and tap into the spiritual part of you. It is the greater part of you. <laughs> Once you start doing that, you'll notice that stress simply evaporates. And the results you often tried but failed to accomplish for years through self-improvement tend to naturally manifest. This is what it is to live a life of grace and ease. We can't make it happen. We let it happen. Take a deep breath and relax. Maybe you really are enough as you are. See what happens if you let that in. I'll see you next time. Meanwhile, 
walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.